We would like to say a special thank you to Scott Peterson for sponsoring this week's episode. In this text, which is when, whenever we've talked about that, there's going to be those elected and those who are not. And that's what's going to make people nurse, which is why they're going to want to aim it as opposed to proclaim it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. Many people who hear or read the parable of the sower try to find the to-do, as in where or how to plant seeds. Others try to find themselves in the parable. I am good soil. As you'll hear Dr. Chris Krogan teach Kiri and me, this is not how parables work. Jesus tells parables as a depiction of what happens to you, not as a command of what you should do. In fact, this parable is not just a depiction of what happens, but a depiction of election, who's in and who's out. But before you start questioning if you're in or out, you'll hear that it's Jesus's word that makes you good soil. All you have to do is hear it. Before we get to it, a note that the lectionary reading doesn't include Matthew chapter 13 verses 10 through 17, but we believe they're useful in preaching this text, so we included them in this conversation. So here's Matthew chapter 13 verses 1 through 23. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, They were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Then the disciples came and asked him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. The reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive, and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. With them indeed is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that says, You will indeed listen, but never understand, and you will indeed look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes, so that they might not look with their eyes, and listen with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Hear the parable of the sower. 
When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. It's Kiri and me once again with Dr. Chris Krogan. Thanks for being here, Dr. Krogan. Yep, that's great to be back. So here we are in Matthew again. Yeah. And it's interesting. I I want a little bit of context because right now we just kind of dive in where it seems like Jesus is a a little overwhelmed, but he's also by the sea. So I kind of want to see where is he in his discipleship right now? Who's he talking to? Who's he being surrounded by? Right. In the Gospel of Matthew, by this point, the disciples have been out and Jesus has been working on what we call the lost sheep of Israel. And the lost sheep of Israel are rejecting the preaching of the new kingdom. And so that's what's now starting to happen is, so Jesus turns and tells a parable so as to even sharpen this reality, this rejection. But he's going to start to unpack why this rejection is happening. And so he tells a parable. And so that's what's happening. Now, one thing that we have to be aware of is there are so many people that are going to read this and they're going to want to try to aim it as opposed to just say, this is what happens. So when I say aim it, is they're going to want to say, okay, here's what happens. There's somebody that has bad soil or a rocky path or the yeah. devil, and they're going to want to try to avoid that. So they're going to try to figure out how, how we make good soil. Mm-hmm. And I've heard uh, people preach sermons, be good soil. Well, that's mm-hmm. trying to aim it, right? That's not actually what's happening. Jesus is just simply depicting, telling us the way this happens, which is going to make people nervous because they realize there's going to be haves and have-nots here in this text, which is whenever we've talked about that, there's going to be those elected and those who are not. And that's what's going to make people nervous, which is why they're going to want to aim it as opposed to proclaim it. Is it fair to say that when you read a parable like this, that you should not walk away with trying to figure out what to do. Right. Yeah. That's actually, which is what Jesus is going to say, but parables by nature are going to be actually undo your capacity to do. They're actually not going to give you something to do. You're either going to be freed in it or lost in it. 
Okay, well, that's the goal of this episode. We're trying to free you, free you, and by not the end lose of you. this conversation. Right? I'll exactly. tell you at the end if I'm lost. Yeah, there okay. you go. I yeah. think I'm the best gauge yeah. well, at that. Well, we start out, and Jesus is at a nice lake house, sitting mm. beside the sea. <laughs> Luxury. Uh, he got yep. into a boat. It's yeah, summertime, he's right? He's on the beach. Yeah. You know, the crowds there. He went up the summer lake house. Yeah. yeah. He just. <laughs> Yeah, what a blissful life. Uh-huh. So the whole crowd's there, and he just starts to tell them a parable. Right. And we get into the parable. You kind of just gave it a, gave a little bit of context here right. um, about seeds sowing, which path they fall into, where they go. Right. Well, we talked about this before we started recording. Yep. We're, we'll go into some of that. At the end. At the end, when Jesus revisits it with his disciples. So for yep. now, we're just going to kind of skip verses 3 through 9. Right. And then let's just kind of start at 10, Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. we'll revisit all of that back again in 18. Because what better way to revisit it than with Jesus' own way of explaining his own parable? I know. Because it would be not a good idea for us to try to explain it right now, and then go back, verse 18, oops, I guess we were wrong on that one. (laughs) Shoot. (laughs) Darn. We We are so close. The disciples asked the question that I have, and so many of us have. The disciples asked Jesus, why do you speak to them in parables? Right. Well, that's just be a straight shooter, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so he answers them. And he says, um, to you, it has been given. Now, note, this is key. Yeah. Note, not that they sought, not that they were active. It was given to them. Yeah. So they are passive in this. To you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. And but so, I'm not. yeah, th- this is th- this is like you are favored. You're a favorite one. That's how you get a gift from God is because yeah. He favors you. So Jesus says to you, disciples, it's been given the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. And who's the them? The lost sheep of Israel that have been rejecting the coming of God's kingdom. If they're lost, have they necessarily been rejecting or do they just not know? So uh, about a month ago, we talked about the lost sheep of Israel a little yeah. bit. And we said it was because they were being harassed by the law. Yes. And we were there in the synagogues and they weren't hearing the gospel. That's what causes their being lost. Okay. Now, the question is, are they freed by this proclamation of the gospel? Well, it appears that not all of them are that they are still wanting to flee back to the old way of the law. And so this is what he's saying, which is, again, why it's difficult, because the key here is, again, to you it's been given, but to them it has not been given. It's out of your, out of your control. Out it's of, out of your power. Out of their control, out of their power. It's the haves and the have-nots again, which is whenever we do that, we call it election. Yeah. And so... Some are elected, some are sheep, some are goats. Wheat, chaff, in, out, right? This is what's going on here. And so this is about those who have are the lost sheep of Israel who are not understanding God's word. And in fact, as we're going to see, it's going to be taken away from them all the more. Before we do that, I want to do a quick aside. What does it mean to have secrets of the kingdom of heaven? Mm-hmm. I know big picture what that means, but why is it called secrets? I mean, is there something that, I mean, the kingdom of heaven is now known? It's known, but it is still not 
apparent to everybody. This is what he's going to say, is it's not actually a gift that everybody can actually go and try to find. So the, Jesus is going to also say a parable later, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field that one day a guy stumbles across. So this is not like something you can even find out or go research or figure out. It's hidden from you. It's a secret that you can't, uh, you can't try your hardest to, to understand the secret yeah. unless the secret is told to you. Right. That's why I don't understand the secret. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which <laughs> we're going to get even to the word understand here as we uh-huh. go through it. Yeah. As he yeah. starts to unpack this. Good. So he continues on and says, for those who have, more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. Right. This, this is kind of tough. For me, because of the fact that we even, I want to say it was earlier in June, we were talking about it, about how, you know, the, Jesus provides to the poor, not the wealthy sort mm-hmm. of thing. So the way this is being worded mm-hmm. makes it sound like the wealthy will get more, the mm-hmm. poor will get. So it just feels like it's contradicting itself. I know right. it's not, but like, can you kind of help? Well, unravel that yeah, so in what, my mind. Well, yeah, what you're thinking about is that that there's a there. It, it seems unfair, right? More and less always is unfair, right? Somebody's well, it got just more, feels like somebody he has less, talks about right? that. But but when we usually think of more or less, we're usually thinking of a quantity. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then we usually put a quantity in our heads as kind of a possession. So we might think, yeah. you know, we've got more of something, which would be a heavier handful than a lighter handful of something, right? This is not quite what this is meant because the secrets of the kingdom of heaven is what you're going to be more of and not having that is what you're going to be. So what's the kingdom of heaven going to do? This goes back to a few months or about a month ago when we were talking about those people that were harassed by things and then Jesus had compassion to give them peace. Mm -hmm. That is to give them the gospel, to free them from that which was binding them. That peace, they're going to get even more peace. That is to say certainty that God is for them. So that's what the more is, is their certainty, not more in, oh, I'm going to have more grain or I'm going to have a better life or anything like that. The more is that I am even more secure God for me. It's just never, you're not going to ever get, so it gets that, that sense of your identity and God for you just is going to be so rock solid. Whereas... Whether or not God is for you, that would be, say, having a word of promise from God, that will be even taken away from them all the more. Now, remember, he's talking about the lost sheep of Israel. Israel was the first ones given the promise that Christ is going to come and deal with the sin of the world. Pretty soon, that promise will be even more removed from their ears. So those who are given more, they get even more preaching in their ear to confirm that faith that they know they have, and it just never gets out of their ear, whereas those who are given less, it's going to be taken away from them. Less and less will they be able to hear the promise of Christ. So that's what we mean by more and less. Mm -hmm. And that's why, and he continues, that's why I speak to them in parables. Exactly. Is that seeing they do not perceive and hearing they do not listen, yep. nor do they understand. Right. So he's trying, he's still trying to get that word in their ear. And he's, right? Well, and he's trying to get it in a way. Not that really. Go no, through. he's saying, he's saying, this is how I'm going to make it less. I'm going to speak to them in parables. <laughs> 
I'm not going to make it clear for them. So he's actually doing the removing from their ear. But don't people understand parables more than they isn't? Well, this is the thing is they obviously don't. Otherwise, you wouldn't have to explain it to them, right? I mean, people think that they understand parables because they constantly are trying to figure out what the the takeaway is or what the to do is or who who am I in the parable? Exactly. And that's not. No, that's, it's not the we point. literally opened the, uh, this conversation with right. that, saying that, okay, well, when we end this episode, hopefully we're not there. Exactly. So parables are actually, as Jesus is saying, by the very nature, confusing to those who don't have a gift from God. And so he, that's why he says, so I am speaking in parables to be that taking away that he said in the verse before. I'm speaking it, and that's going to take it away from them because they do not perceive, they do not hear or listen, and they do not understand. And so they don't have the, na- you, you don't have, a lot of people think I have the capacity to understand something. No, it's gift given to you. This is why the previous verse in verse 11, to you has been given the knowledge so that to you has been given the understanding. To them, it hasn't been given. Mm-hmm. And so understanding isn't something you get to choose to do or not do. It literally is God gifting you the ability to hear the shepherd's voice, mm-hmm. which again is very unsettling for those of us that want control or want to sort, oh, this must be a sheep. This must be a goat. We don't get to even do well, that. That's why I'm struggling. I'm trying to sort. Yeah. We, we, Internally. We, we want it to be fair. We want to figure out a formula. So we that want we, to have a role. We want to have a role so that we can somehow make a difference in all this. Yeah. Yep. But Jesus is removing that. So that's excellent setup. But then we get to verse 14 <laughs> where we dive into the prophecy of Isaiah that yep. says, you will indeed listen, but never understand. And you will indeed look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull and their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes so that they might not look with their eyes, and they listen with their ears, and they understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. Yep. So this is really, you know, so the first part is heart, eyes, ears, or perceiving organs, and actually make faith or unfaith. And what Jesus is saying is this lost sheep that are now saying the gospel is not for us, this is what's happening to them. They are, their hearts have been hardened. They go dull, their ears, they can't hear, their eyes are blind. And, you know, this is exactly what's happening. Whereas those who have their eyes opened, their hearts softened, their ears um, opened, they are actually going to be able to actually worship Christ and fulfill the first commandment. So that's what's going on. And that's what Jesus concludes here, right after he's saying this thing from Isaiah, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Yeah. I mean, obviously if you can see and hear, Mm -hmm. that's a blessing from God. He's the one opening your ears and opening your eyes. Exactly. And so, and and this is, you know, again, what, what people are, what people are wanting to do with this text often is they want to make good soil because they want to do the electing Mm -hmm. themselves. Well, now what we are going to do is we're going to tell um, those who are out there that want to do the electing, well, this is how we start doing the electing. You start throwing the seed. And so um, this is what happens in a sermon. So you begin the sermon with, dear hearers of the word of God, (laughs) 
What did that just say? Your ears are open. You don't say that to someone unless you expect the Word of God to do what it said. So if you start this sermon this particular week, dear hearers of the Word of God, guess what just happened? Good soil just popped up in front of you, <laughs> right? Because if their ears were stopped, the people on the pew wouldn't have heard that. Categorically, they wouldn't be hearers of the Word of God. Exactly. They, they just can't be. So you literally are starting the election process by just starting your sermon by saying, dear hearers of the Word of God, and that is now more to them being given. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. Is that literally, if they're worried about, am I the one to be given to, or is am I the one being taken away from? The fact that you're preaching a sermon to them and delivering the sacraments to them is the ones that are more to be given. And they are now actually the good soil, because the good soil only is going to hear, dear, here's the word of God and their eyes are going to be open. They're going to understand. We are not the lost sheep of Israel. We are the chosen ones, the favored ones by God. Well, you just kind of explained the parable right there. <laughs> what do you I know? Mean, I mean, I want so, to... Jesus, I mean, maybe I read, read ahead of time or something. <laughs> well, in verse 17, he says, Truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Right. So that's pretty that's pretty um hard hitting. Yeah. There too because that goes into that election. Yep. Some people will just never hear it. Their hearts are hardened. Yep. Or their but, ears what, are what, shut. But he's also saying you are so blessed because I am here in front of you right now. And there were a lot of people that were hearing he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. You you people are lucky he's here. Oh, okay, yeah. And then so yeah. and so have not, longed to see yeah, they, what you see. Yeah, they have longed okay. to see this and hear the word right out of my mouth. And so now more is given okay. to you, which is the same thing. Again, what a what a great way to even end a sermon on this and say, tr and you you would preach this and you just finish your sermon by saying, truly, I tell you, many people in our communities, many people have come before you have really wanted to hear this, but I'm now giving it to you specifically, that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh for you, in the word, in the body, in the blood, in the bread, in the wine, in baptism. This is now him making you good soil. And then we're going to just, Jesus explains all this, why it doesn't happen for some people. And he gives those explanations, which we could spend time on, but I think the best thing is to go down and look at verse 23. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. That's the people sitting in the pew right now. They were there to be made good soil that day, who indeed bears the fruit and yields. What's the fruit and yields? Amen. <laughs> Singing the hymns. Mm. Not something to do. Not something to do. In one case, a hundredfold and other, another 60 and another 30. In other words, it's going to multiply in more faith and more certainty than you could imagine. So at the end of this sermon, you just simply say, now, if you're wondering about whether or not, if you are good soil, let's test out your hearing and understanding. Listen to this and see if you understand it. Jesus Christ died for you, forgives you all your sins. Believe it. Any questions? Amen. Amen. And on that note, 
We've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Dr. Chris Krogan for teaching us how to understand parables. In order for you not to fall into the trap of trying to find the to-do or trying to find yourself in the parable, the parable needs to be taught to you. As we discussed, parables are a depiction of what happens to you, not a command of what you should do. So much so that they're an electing word, but that election of who's in and who's out shouldn't cause you to be concerned. Jesus has made you good soil by making you a hearer of his word. If you're questioning if you're good soil, do you understand this? Jesus died for you and forgives your sin, all of them. Believe it today. In Luther House of Studies podcast, Sing to the Lord, Zachary Brockhoff, Lars Olson, and I break down a hymn's history, lyrical meaning, and the way it preaches the gospel. Click on this episode's show notes for a link to Sing to the Lord's podcast feed to take a deep dive into your favorite hymns and discover a few gems you may not have heard of. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, God has chosen you. We'll see you next time on Scripture First. 